Welcome to the War Room, another week in the books for AEW Dynamite and NXT, and we're here to review and decide who won this week's Wednesday Night War. My name is Michael Valenti, joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, let's start it off with two I thought were very good matches to open up each show. We had the 12-man tag on AEW Dynamite, the Elite FTR going up against the Dark Order, and on NXT, Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai, a number one contenders match for the NXT Women's Championship. The Rhea Ripley-Dakota Kai match I thought was very good. I thought Rhea Ripley was really putting a beating on Dakota Kai. And we got some storyline progression at the same time. Dakota Kai ends up winning the number one contendership. While Mercedes Martinez goes after Rhea Ripley. So the story of the Robert Stone brand and Rhea Ripley continues. And I thought the 12-man tag actually had some good storyline progression, Ralph. A lot going on in that match. But in the end, Brody Lee gets a big win for the Dark Order, pinning Hangman Page. So what do you make of this 12-man? I thought the 12-man was much better compared to last week's 10-man tag. Uh, I guess it's up to interpretation. I thought it was okay. I mean, I thought it was certainly very chaotic at a lot of points. I think the referee was choosing the spots at which he wanted to enforce rules. Yes, um, I agree. Which kind of is what it is. And, And look, I mean... We've kind of already made this, had this discussion previously on the show multiple times. The type of tag team or, you know, even group type of match like the one that we saw last night, the type of approach that the AEW wrestlers are going to take for these matches is going to be something that's very different from what you're traditionally going to see from like, you know, WWE and NXT, whatever. And just about more structured uh, tag team matches, you know, and and that's fine. If fans are into that stuff, if that's what their fan base wants to see, then it is what it is. That's, right. that's what they're going to continue to do. That's just the style that they're going to continue to work. Um, I thought that the match itself certainly had some really good moments. I think that the big part of this was, uh, I think FTR leaving. I think that's going to be an intricate part of going towards all out. Cause I got to imagine that the big thing for FTR and the young bucks with FTR going to AW, the big kind of feud that a lot of people were hoping for, I think, was FTR to go against the Bucks. So I think right. it will be revealed that there probably really was no injury. I think that part of that reveal will happen where they end up, you know, jumping the Young Bucks or something along those lines to help build up that storyline. Um, but the match itself, it had its moments. Like I said, it was a little chaotic at some points, but what what can you really do when you have that many people involved in the match? Yeah, there were definitely uh, Rhea a lot Ripley, of moving pieces. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the, the Dakota Kai Rhea Ripley match, obviously much more traditional straight up wrestling match. I thought it was very good. Definitely exceeded a lot of my expectations. This is one of my favorite matches from, uh, the night between both shows. And, and, you know, it just really goes to show you how far women's wrestling really has come, especially for NXT. Because if you go back about a year and a half ago, really when many of their stars went up to the main roster, just to see that triple H continues to work with these, uh, these individuals and get them where they need to be from a fre- professional standpoint. It's, it's definitely impressive. So I thought it was great. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, Dakota Kai took a massive beating in this match. Like Rhea Ripley is really stiff in this match. I thought, and that electric chair onto the apron. Whew, yeah, that was a hard, hard spot to watch. So let's move on to the next set of matches here. The best friends and Santana and Ortiz in a tag team match. On NXT, we have Bronson Reed versus Shane Thorne. I thought, obviously, the the thing that NXT is trying to do is build up Bronson Reed heading into the ladder match for NXT TakeOver 30. I think they're doing a decent job with it. This match, for its in-ring purposes, wasn't the best. 
Best Friends and Santana and Ortiz, I thought was a much better tag team match than the 12-man tag as far as the traditional structure of things. And I thought the storytelling and selling of Trent Beretta's back was very, very good. The surprise win, roll up, and then what we got afterwards where Santana and Ortiz trashed and graffitied uh, Sue, Trent's mom's van, and Best Friends cut a good promo afterwards. I thought that was good. I thought this whole match was good. Good storyline progression where this could end up being Best Friends versus Santana and Ortiz at All Out. Yeah, I got to imagine that's where this is going to to certainly head. I I th- another one, another match that kind of really caught me by surprise. I don't know if they're still called Proud and Powerful. I haven't really necessarily heard somebody refer so. to them as that. I think they just got rid of that tag team name altogether, but Santana Ortiz are Proud and Powerful, whatever you want to call them. Um I thought this match was really good. I think that the best friends certainly needed the win. Um and you know, you get the obvious storyline progression afterwards with the whole van. We'll see where that goes. Probably lead into something um, weird at All Out involving a van. I I, I don't really know where that's going to go. Remember that uh, WCW match where they had a fight on the tractor trailer? It was, yes. Maybe they go that route where they have the match in a van or like a really big van, just to kind of connect the two. Because you know, maybe Tony a Winnebago. Khan, maybe a Winnebago, but Tony Khan has really been like thro- doing a lot of throwback booking. Maybe he throws this out there. I don't know. But maybe maybe that's just me thinking way too too much into this. But I, I yeah. thought that was great. And the best friends, honestly, have been one of the highlights of this pandemic era where there's no fans. And they've done a really good job from the beginning of these empty arena shows, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely think they've done a really good job. I've always been pretty big on Trent Beretta, especially going back to his match against Kenny Omega, where I think he felt I, I feel like he really proved that. He can carry himself as just a singles competitor. So I got to think that something will happen with that eventually. Uh, I wasn't as high on the. The uh, Bronson Reed and Shane Thorne match. No, the the promo promo that he cut after the match. I thought I thought it was fine, but it was just kind of like, I'm going to call my mom and I'm going to put her on speakerphone and you're going (laughs) to apologize. Damn it. Well, that's kind of like that's kind of like the gimmick, though, you know, uh, (laughs) I don't know. It was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was bad. It was just kind of like okay. Well, that wasn't very threatening or scary, but sure, okay. Uh, Bronson Reed. He's kind of like a guy that they're trying to push right now. I think that he's certainly skilled for a guy his size. But the match was okay. It was hard hitting. It was in your face, which you'd expect from two bigger guys like that. Uh, so both matches really kind of delivered, in my opinion. Yeah, it did. And, and like I said, Bronson Reed. They're building up to be a big player in NXT. Perhaps he's the one that takes the belt off the in the ladder match and becomes a new North American champion. But possible it is. But let's move on to the next participants that are going to be deciding who will be in that ladder match. Damian Priest does win over Oni Lorcan and Ridge Holland. And on AEW Dynamite, we have Matt Hardy calling out Sammy Guevara, and it leads to a very bloody spot where Matt Hardy is busted open. Sammy Guevara does a flip through a table onto Matt Hardy. I thought the Damian Priest match, the triple threat match, it was good. But again, that triple threat match just did not live up to the bar that was set from the first triple threat match that we saw that was just really good. Um, And then the Matt Hardy-Sammy Guevara match, like if this is the real Matthew Hardy that he's been teasing, have him continue it. I love it. I love this real Matthew Hardy so far. And Sammy Guevara, since he's come back, very good. A well-executed segment. 
And obviously, this is setting up for a match at All Out, in my opinion. Maybe it ends up being a tables match or a no-holds-barred match. Some, something along those lines for All Out. Yeah, I thought Matt Hardy's promo was certainly very good. I like the way that that storyline's progressing. Uh, the cut that everybody's talking about where he was bleeding, bleeding profusely, everyone kept saying it was the chair. I don't think it's the chair. If you go back and watch that specific spot, I think it's actually where he got thrown into the ring post because for whatever reason, rather than having rounded ring posts, AW has these ring posts that are more square-shaped that have yeah. a, a literal point on the edge of them, like a vertice or something. Um, so I, th I honestly think if you go back and watch that, the sound and the thud of his head against that, that's where I think he cut his head. But either way, I really like the way the storyline's progressing. I think that those two are actually going to uh, have a match it all out that I think will uh, surprise a lot of people because... You know, Matt Hardy's been in the industry for so long, and there is a lot of subtleties in terms of where the storyline is going that I think will play nicely into that match where I'm sure it will be some type of, I don't know, tables, ladders, chair type thing, hardcore match, uh, just given from what we've seen from both of them to this point. Uh, going over to NXT, like you said, the triple threat match, it was, again, it was, it was good, it delivered. Uh, most matches in NXT typically do deliver. There's very few matches that, that let people down. Um, I didn't think it was amazing. I thought it was good. I thought it was hard hitting and in your face, but um, both segments really were fine, in my opinion. All right. Yeah. Let's move over to the next segment. Then we have a tag team match, another tag team match on AEW Dynamite. This time it's Cody with the debuting Matt Cardona going against John Silver and Alex Reynolds, as Ralph likes to call them, thing one and thing two. And we have the NXT champion Keith Lee going up against Cameron Grimes. I think of all the tag team matches last night on Dynamite, this was the best one. Uh, I thought as far yeah, as the I traditional agree. structure of it was the best executed. Um, I will say, though, I think Aubrey Edwards could have been a little bit better as a referee enforcing the rules. But I think John Silver and Alex Reynolds definitely are a good tag team and did a very good job cornering Cody for the majority of this match setting up the hot tag for Matt Cardona and Matt Cardona getting the win. I thought that was very, very good. And then afterwards we get the challenge from Scorpio sky to Cody for the TNT championship. And that's happening next week. And for those that haven't been watching AEW dark Scorpio sky has been having a good run, a good singles run on dark. Hopefully this leads to a good match on dynamite. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get a title switch here and Scorpio takes the win over Cody. Yeah, I thought the tag team match was certainly good. I know I've been critical of thing one and thing two uh, <laughs> over there. Uh, but I think the one thing I took away from this was it was unfortunate that after a big win for the Dark Order in the opening segment, then these two guys went out there and lost. But yeah. I mean, did you, I, I, they, they looked good throughout the match. They actually surprised me. So certainly give them credit for that. I definitely wrote down in my notes, yes, they worked a hot tag. Yes, it can still work because everybody, well, this was Cardona's first match in AEW, so you got to think that had there been a live crowd there, people would have popped for the hot tag because Cody was certainly getting the crap kicked out of him up until that point. So yep. that was cool. I'm excited to see Scorpio Sky put in this position where he's hopefully going to be challenging Cody. I don't necessarily know if he's going to take the title off him. Um, but either way, it's good to see that somebody who is a little more established uh, other than the guys Cody has really faced to this point is going to be challenging for the title to kind of break things up a little bit, take a break from the independent guys showing up and challenging for the title and go back to somebody like a Scorpio guy who certainly is more established and can probably give him a more realistic uh, run for his money in a title. 
Did you happen to see Scorpio Sky's promo on Dark this week? No, and I'll tell you exactly why. Because one, I don't watch Dark, I don't watch AEW Dark on a consistent basis. I watch it when I can. And here's the thing. A lot of times with AEW, I feel like the fans will openly say, Well, did you see that on Being the Elite? Did you see that on Dark? Did you see they had that on their YouTube channel? If it's truly that important, it will be featured on Dynamite because Dynamite is their feature show, right? Just like if, if something is that important for WWE, they're going to feature it on SmackDown, Raw, or NXT. You shouldn't have to feel like you have to do your homework to understand where the storylines are going and how things are progressing. So yeah, it's great that uh, Scorpio Sky is having this winning streak on AEW Dark, but they could at least acknowledge that on Dynamite to help build this up a little bit better. True. I mean, I'm only saying that because the promo that he cut was very, very good. And he could definitely be a single star in AEW. And that promo Agree. really helped with that. But uh, let's talk about this Keith Lee, Cameron Grimes match. Um, honestly, it felt really, really long. And mm -hmm. I know they're trying to push Cameron Grimes as a possible contender. But the, the, the way that they're trying to build Keith Lee's character now is he's trying to get this mean side. I don't think he gets a mean side by having a 30-minute match or nearly 30-minute match with Cameron Grimes. Now, I know he's been a thorn on his side the last couple of weeks, but I think it should have just ended with, you know, make it a 10, 15-minute match. It was a little too long for me. And then afterwards, the Keith Lee uh, carrying Cross back and forth. I thought uh, Cross's promo was good and beating up Oni Lorcan, which sets up a match with Danny Burch next week. I thought that was good. The match itself was just really long, in my opinion. So you don't think title contenders and champions should really go the distance against uh, comic relief acts? Well, he's not, I don't think I don't think Cameron Grimes is a comedy relief act. I think he is. He's, he could he's be a somewhat comedy relief. He is. He is. But he can also be a contender. But I'm not saying have a five minute squash match. I'm just saying that match could have been cut down by maybe 10 minutes and still okay. have the same well, effect. Just just keep that in mind, because that might come up again in a little bit. But either way. Um, as far as this, I, I, I thought the match was certainly long. I think I, I mean, the outcome was, was, was predetermined. Right. You, you knew Cameron Grimes wasn't going to win. Right. Um, I, I liked what we saw from Karrion Cross. Like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens as they kind of build towards him and Keith Lee, uh, and their match. You got to think that's going to take place at NXT 30. And what are they going to do? Are they going to take the belt right off Keith Lee after winning? I, I mean, he's only held it for so long and they're pushing Karrion Cross really strong, which is great. Um, but I don't know. It just kind of seems like they might be booking themselves into a situation where people are going to get pissed because they're not going to get a clean win out of this. Well, I say whoever loses is probably going to the main roster. Possible. Yeah. Because I don't think uh, carrying Cross's time in NXT is going to be long. And Keith Lee is obviously someone that could be a big star on the main roster. It's just time for him to go to the main roster whenever he drops the title. But let's move on to a couple promo se uh, segments on the shows. We have an NXT Legado Del Fantasma cutting a promo after they beat up Fandango and um, Tyler Breeze, talking about how they are going to change people's perspective on Lucha Libre. I got to admit, at first I did not like this story, but now that it's progressed and uh, Santos Escobar has been talking, I actually am intrigued with Legado Del Fantasma. Now, on the other hand, you have AEW Dynamite having the Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy debate with Eric Bischoff as the moderator. Ralph, you have been a critic of Orange Cassidy on this podcast for many, many months. You've been saying he needs to cut a promo. 
He cuts a promo. I thought it was pretty good. I think at this point, at this point, if no one understands why Orange Cassidy does what he does, this promo explained it exactly why he does what he does. Your thoughts on the promo, the whole segment of Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. Uh, I thought the segment overall was good. I thought Chris Jericho was very good. I liked the dynamic they set up between the two. And I think the thing that people are probably looking forward to the most, including myself, what was Orange Cassidy going to do? He was set up and he was put in a situation, which as he pointed out, you got a guy who in Chris Jericho, who is so over the top, uh, one of the better talkers in the industry, again, going against a guy in a debate who, who doesn't talk. So after all this time for of us waiting for Orange Cassie to cut this promo and talk and show some character and show some fire, we get well, sea levels are rising at a rate of blah blah blah. And you know, this is NPR oh, News on. and my name is uh I just want to let you know that there's a lost dog uh, from the two houses up the street <laughs> oh, and that, you know, can you please leave the newspaper at the end of the driveway? And yeah, that's that's what I have to say. Do you that know sums what- it up. No, no. I wanted you... the guy to cut a promo. I didn't say I wanted him to cut a shitty promo. <laughs> the First... second half, after oh. we got over the whole global warming thing, which, mind you, because I saw people over Twitter, this is exactly what he needed to say. Daniel Bryan did it a year ago, and he did it better. He did it a year ago, and he did it better. He even had a recycled title that he carried around for however long, and he got it more over and got booed and everything else. That, that was Cassidy. That, that, that was happy. different. That was different. First off, that was Daniel Bryan's character. Uh, of course, it's different. Here we go. But the thing with Orange Cassidy was he wasn't going to talk. So then he talked about this, and really, what it reminded me of was that that scene in Old School where Will Ferrell is debating, and he just shoots out this really well thought out argument where um, James Carville could not respond. That's what that was. That's what I thought that was. And that made the connection there. And I, I actually liked it. I'm not looking at it as him trying to be like Daniel Bryan. Yes, Daniel Bryan did it better. But just the fact that Orange Cassidy was willing to talk, that got you interested. And then when he talks afterwards and says what he has to say, that's what made it even better. I'm not like, I get it. What he's saying makes no sense. But it was just the fact that he started to talk, got people like, oh, holy crap, he could talk. And he actually could prove a point. That's that's what I think they're the the reason for it was. You know the scene in old school where Will Ferrell's streaking down the street and people stop and look because they're like, wait, what the hell? Like, what's going on over here? Yes. That's kind of what it was like because grown men shouldn't streak down the street. So you're saying- Cassidy, while he he cut a promo, it was all right. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anything to write home. I certainly don't think it was amazing. I don't think it was terrible i don't think it's going to do any harm or foul to him it was what it was he pretty much said what i expected him to say you know you're chris jericho you can't lose to me blah 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 blah. he certainly didn't look confident in himself when he was cutting the promo that's what i'll say if you look at so literally if you look at chris jericho and the way he's able to command the room and the way he's able to cut a promo that's a guy who can literally go out there whether it's in front of 10 people 100 people thousands of people and confidently cut a promo probably without a script put in front of him now, Orange Cassidy, on the other hand, there's a clear dis- difference when he's trying to cut a promo because he doesn't look confident in himself doing it. And that's probably because he's never been expected to do it. So, I mean, yeah, he should be cutting promos. But again, going back to my original argument with him, 
where do they see this guy? Like, are they actually going to try and buy? He's probably going to beat Jericho next week. I mean, let's let's be honest. That's where probably. I think this is going to go. And they're going to try to build him up. And can he carry carry himself as a true main eventer like a Chris Jericho or an MJF? I don't know. I'm not sold. I mean, it, I'm not saying there's no chance. But I'm saying there's probably no chance. <laughs> okay. So again, the the critiques continue with Orange Cassidy with Ralph. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the uh, the bandana that you made a couple weeks ago is still on sale for what was it sixty nine sixty nine at scpbpodcast.gov. Exactly, <laughs> and all all proceeds go directly to my bank account. I might make a no, uh, donation to MJF twenty twenty. You never know. <laughs> oh, no man. pulp in that son of a bitch. That's for sure. <laughs> Or my TV set, for that matter. Oh, moving on. Couple of squash matches in the women's division for both shows. Big Swall beats Reba. Tegan Knox beats Indy Hartwell. Not much to talk about with these matches, obviously. But I think a lot of people are starting to tweet out and talk on social media that the AEW women's division deserves better. And the hashtag women deserve better has come out. And I have to admit that a five-minute squash match for the only thing happening on dynamite is not good. It there should be more, especially when you got this deadly draw tournament. Exactly. And you put it on YouTube. Yeah. Why can't the deadly draw tournament be on dynamite? Why? Or better yet, why can't, if it's going to be an hour long, you're telling me TNT can't find an hour to throw the deadly draw somewhere on TNT. Put it on Saturday night, six o'clock. They're going to put dynamite on there. Why not do this deadly draw for a month? What are you putting on? on Saturday nights that you can't put the deadly draw there. Nothing. I'm sorry. Well, like but- I said, if, 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 if it's truly that important, you'll find a way to get it on your TV show and dynamite is their main show. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it's been kind of like a roller co- coaster for their women's division. It's had high points and it's had low points. And certainly people have been critical of the women's division. Um, and again, it's, it, there's still a relatively new company. So they're still trying to gain traction here. Yes. Um, but you know, like, like you just said, if if it's if it's where the deadly draw, where they're trying to get this thing going and it's that important, it should be on the main show. And it's unfortunate that it's not. So I can't say I disagree with people who are saying, you know, that g- give them give them their opportunities. Like, you know, going back even a few weeks ago, Hikaru Shida and uh, who was it? Uh, Penelope Ford. They went out there. Ha- they had a good match about a month ago. They, yep. it, it, it's not like they're, they don't have people that aren't capable of doing it. So let him do it. Why the exactly. hell not? Like you could have a storyline where Penelope Ford tries to get a title shot back. Nyla Rose is chasing the title. You have Diamante and Eva Elise that just had a match together. Why not put them together as a tag team and start wreaking havoc? Brandy and Allie have their weird dynamic that they're doing. There's stuff there. You're telling me yep. Kenny Omega or whoever's running this women's division can't be going to Tony Khan and be like, listen, can I get 15 minutes to put some stuff on Dynamite to help our women's division? You're telling me Kenny Omega or or Brandy Rhodes or Tony Khan can't figure that out? Well, well, here's the thing. I mean, look, let's just say you wanted to cut out any of the segments from Dynamite, right? So the whole thing, like we were going back to with the best friends and Proud and Powerful or Santana or Ortiz, the whole thing about the van getting jacked up and stuff, you could still have that happen without them having the match initially. So why not take the match out, have them jack up the van, 
just because they're assholes, they're in the inner circle, they, they do it without even having a motive to do it. Right. They go out, they see the van, they cuts the promo, you save X amount of time for a women's tag team match on Dynamite. Yeah, that's true. There you go. That's how, that's how you save 15 minutes for the women's division right there. Or we could have just had Orange Cassidy not cut a promo. <laughs> well, you got to have him cut a promo or else he won't evolve, Ralph. That is true. 100% true. All right, main event time. NXT Tag Team Championship match Imperium against the Undisputed Era. John Moxley versus Darby Allen for the AEW Championship. Storyline progression here. I loved the storyline mm -hmm. that they were telling with Moxley and Darby Allen, with him, with John Moxley kind of being the voice of reason. He didn't really want to beat down Darby to the point where he had to incapacitate him. But Darby, you know, being the young, fool that he is just kept coming and coming and coming and coming uh mjf comes in tries to uh knock out john moxley with the championship belt try to get darby allen the title so it's an easier opponent for him at all out that didn't work john moxley still retains darby allen still looks good in the loss another loss where he looks good in on nxt the match we're, we were distracted by something because while the match was good it was the back and forth between Pat McAfee and Adam Cole that everybody's talking about and everybody was focusing in on. You have Beth Phoenix leaving the broadcast because Pat McAfee was being a dick about Adam Cole. Tom Phillips is saying, dude, you are talking about him 20 feet away. He can hear you. I don't even think Mauro Ronaldo was really talking. Was he even on the no, broadcast I, for this match? I don't think so. I don't, no, think, I don't so. think so. So then Adam Cole goes in and confronts Pat McAfee, that distracts the Undisputed Era Imperium win. And we get this pull-apart brawl where Pat McAfee literally punts Adam Cole and knocks him out before Triple H pushes, pushes him out of the performance center. I actually like this back and forth between Pat McAfee and Adam Cole. I it's really like the match to close out the show of AEW Dynamite. I thought both shows closed out very well. I kind of worried to see where this is going with NXT that they're trying to do Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee for a match because that screams Bam Bam versus LT WrestleMania 11 former well, football are. player breaking breaking news here on SCPB podcast because Triple H actually did uh, set this up so we offered Pat McAfee a match against Adam Cole today on ESPN <laughs> did he really yes he oh, did at, at, at takeover 30 he did oh but, you know, and, and this is what we talk about this all the time. Yes, it's a it's a business move. Do we expect that to be a huge thing or like, you know, a, a, a great match? Probably not. But you know what? The segment did what it was supposed to do. It, it helped establish a storyline that people can talk about outside of the fan base that of that's just focusing on NXT on a True. weekly thing. So Triple H was able to go on ESPN. The hopes is that people who watch ESPN may take a look at, OK, well, McAfee's on NXT. Maybe I'll tune in. Maybe I wasn't going to tune in. Maybe I didn't even watch NXT, but you know what? I know who that is, so I'm going to tune in now. Same thing Tyson did, obviously, to a much greater extent, but Tyson does that for AEW when he's on there. Yeah, I agree to that extent. That definitely, but will it, will it work? That's the question. Will it bring more people to take over 30? Will more people talk about it? Because Pat McAfee, yes, he's Pat McAfee, former NFL player, one of the best punters during his time. But Mike Tyson's Mike Tyson. He can actually bring in viewers. Can Pat McAfee bring in even a ratings boost for the next couple weeks 
on NXT heading into NXT TakeOver 30? Will that convert to subscribers? Will that convert to just people uh, watching that one night and then unsubscribe? Now, I know that you don't get the free month anymore on the WWE Network. So even if those people do get a one-off, they're getting 10 bucks regardless of their subscription for one month or, right. or one night or the entire month. So that's got to be a plus for them. So like you said, I do it. I agree. It's a business move. I just hope that NXT, because they do this a lot where they try to do a quick ratings bump, but then there's no follow-up to it. I just hope that doesn't happen again with NXT. So, but speaking of ratings, the ratings are in, and this week, AEW Dynamite and NXT are both up in the demos and total viewership. AEW Dynamite wins the 18 to 49 with a 0.36 over NXT's 0.20. NXT wins the 50 plus 0.39 over AEW's 0.32. And in total viewership, AEW Dynamite gets a big increase, winning the total viewership 901,000 total viewers to NXT 753,000, which is another increase from last week. All right, so now that the ratings are in, we talked about both shows. Let's decide which show is better. Ralph, I personally think this week, I think it's a no-brainer. AEW Dynamite was the better show this week. While that Rhea Ripley-Dakota Kai match was very, very good, probably the match of the night, um, unless you, you know, like the uh, the 12-man, John Moxley. I mean, if you like the matches on Dynamite, they were obviously better for you, but... That Rhea Ripley Dakota Kai match definitely has to be talked about for a match of the week. But other than that, there really wasn't much to talk about with NXT. So AEW Dynamite gets the win for me. Yeah, I, I got to agree. I find myself more times than not being more invested in what Dynamite is doing. And I feel like their fans certainly are more invested in what they're doing. There's just more of a buzz surrounding AEW Dynamite as a whole, I think. And I, there's a few reasons for that. I think that right now, NXT is really in a weird time because they're trying to get certain guys over and they're in a period of transition. And while that's going on, we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's really hard, I think, to get people over and established when you have no crowd. So they're trying to get guys like Thatcher over. They're trying to get guys like Dexter Loomis established. They're trying to get guys like Karrion Cross as a legitimate threat to Keith Lee. Um, And the list goes on and on. Swerve Scott, all these new guys, right? Not familiar faces. Now, the other thing that NXT does, and I don't know why they do this. I, there's probably a legitimate reason for it. And it might have to do with the pandemic and scheduling all of this type of stuff. But guys, big name guys will show up one week and disappear for several and then come back. Like you're like, that this sounds week, like something example. that happens on the main roster. Even more so, I think, on NXT. So there is no, there was no Johnny Gargano this week. There was no... Uh, there was no Finn Balor. Tommaso Ciampa hasn't been there. So so you have guys that you're trying to get over and establish new stars. You have no crowd. And I think that for Dynamite and for AEW, they have guys that were already established before you had no crowd. So I think it stands out more for NXT because you you have these new guys that you're trying to get over. Whereas in AEW, in comparison, the guys that are the focal point, they're there week, week after week, and they've already been over. Mm-hmm. So it's not as noticeable with the crowd. Right. You're right. So let us know in the comments what you guys thought was the better show between AEW, Dynamite, and NXT. Don't forget to share us all over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SCPB Podcast. And for news, reviews, and conversations on all things pro wrestling, subscribe. Hit that bell for notifications. For Ralph Valenti, my name's Michael Valenti. Thank you for watching the Squared Circles Psycho Babble. <laughs>